Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. Alpha females, we're up for an award, but I need your help to be able to kind of stand on a rooftop and explain that we won podcast of the year. So I'm up for, no, we are up for a notable award uh, for podcast of the year. There's five nominees and we have until November 16th to vote. So if you could go to notableawards.com, there's a drop down menu, pick podcast of the year, and then you'll see the cover art, the alpha female podcast. You'll see my name, Robin Baldwin, just click on the picture and vote. It just asks for your first and last name and email, and you could vote once a day. I would absolutely love your support. If you have been enjoying this podcast and loving it for how long you have been listening to, I would really, really appreciate it. I've never submitted the podcast for an award and my ego is like, I would really like this. So I would love your help. Um, So please go and vote notableawards.com. You've heard me sharing about my thriving for MS guide several weeks now, but I've actually adapted it so I could create a free guide for you to optimize five areas of your life that are the building blocks of your overall health. It's everything I wish I had known to take care of myself before my MS diagnosis happened. I believe that those who thrive living with an autoimmune disease have been gifted with a sidekick and it's our duty to teach others about proactive health, even before it becomes a pain point in your life. So I've put together a guide on the five building blocks of health. You can find out how to eat right for your body, different ways of moving your body, getting yourself into an amazing fitness or movement routine, learn how to get better quality and quantity of sleep. Learn to decrease that stress and really manage it, and then reduce toxic load on your body. So download the free guide at bit.ly forward slash health building blocks. That's bit.ly forward slash health building blocks and blocks is plural. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please message me on Instagram once you download it and let me know how it is serving you. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 145. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Kelly Resendez. Kelly is a mom, business executive, best-selling author, and influencer. She loves helping others with strategies to overcome self-sabotage and find more joy. Author of the new and already popular book, Big Voices, she is also the founder of the movement the book is named for, Big Voices, a women-empowered network. Kelly is passionate about helping people increase joy, reduce suffering, and learn to think differently. Her own journey has helped her create the strategies and tools that she shares throughout the books. Currently, Kelly is the executive vice president of the Paramount Partners Group, which is the division of Lone Pal. She uses the same concepts of mindfulness, self-discovery, and goal setting to help those in the mortgage and real estate industries create a successful business. 
We had a great chat. Kelly is definitely a boss babe, uh, a fast talker, like definitely wants to get all of her information out there. So it was a joy to speak with her and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, Robin. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to get you on the show. So when you're, um, I guess the service that books you on podcasts sent over your your information, I was like, yep, she's an alpha female, let me get her on. So what do you think of the definition that we sent over? And how do you see yourself as an alpha female? Yeah, so for me, the way that I really just see myself is I'm somebody that's courageous. And I've always kind of swam upstream in terms of just my confidence level and how I've shown up in a room. Um, I am somebody that believes that we are so powerful and being an alpha female really just means that you're at your highest and best, you know, authentic self. And you have the ability to kind of discern all the little voices and self-sabotage that all of us as humans face. So you you really have just stepped into your strongest version of yourself. Mm, so what kind of self-sabotage voices did you hear in the past that you were like, nope, I'm not listening to you? How much time do we have, Robin? No, just... <laughs> Just kidding. So, you know, my preferred methods of self-sabotage was definitely I was very significant seeking. So I was constantly seeking attention and affirmations from other people rather than just feeling that way internally. And nobody would have guessed that because I, I from the outside looking in, most people would have guessed I was extremely confident. But it was really just because I was seeking so much significance that I was on all the time. So that was one major way. And then the second one was, you know, I, I, I was a perfectionist. So I was constantly seeking, you know, just to, to please and appear perfect from the outside in. And in doing that, really, it was just I didn't know who I was and what I really loved to do. And so as I started, you know, this personal growth journey that for me really just started in late 2003, early 2004, I just started looking at all of the masks that I wore, which is what I believe that's how self-sabotage really shows up in our life is that we just create so many masks to be able to appear to the outside a certain way. And so the perfectionism and the significant seeking were definitely my two preferred methods um, that I had in my life. So interesting because um, I'm not sure if you have read the five love languages. I have. Yeah. So one of my love languages is words of affirmation. And it's so interesting that like, it's a great book. I love it as a tool for relationships, whether it's romantic or even friendships or even um, coworkers, like learning how, you, how your coworker, what their, what their love language is. But it's so true that if you're love language is words of affirmation, then you usually struggle with that significance. Like you want to be so significant in somebody else's life that you sometimes ignore how you are treating yourself. Absolutely. And even if you're of an, an ambitious alpha female that has all of the, you know, the confidence in the world, there's sometimes, you know, that, that fight we have. So um, I'm glad you, you shared that because that's really important for us to hear that it's not, um, it's not like a struggle that only a few people go through. Well, I witness most women have it. You know, from a young age, I think all of us want to know that people think that we're beautiful and amazing and worthy. And not all of us grew up in that environment. And so when we start, you know, seeking that external validation and what's fascinating is that words of affirmation is not even on my love language radar at all. It was more like, I didn't even need the words. I just needed to be on a billboard. 
And and it was, I mean, literally in my business, I had a billboard, but I kind of call my previous significant seeking self my billboard girl. And it was just constantly like had to be the smartest, the best. And if I wasn't those things, then I just wouldn't show up. And so it stopped me from probably doing a lot of things that I would have had fun doing simply because I was afraid of not being significant. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I've told my listeners on the show too, I'm obsessed with all of the different like personality types tests and communication style tests. Um, and I've had the opportunity through different corporate jobs to take a few of them. But the latest was with my doTERRA business. They paid for all their senior leaders to have the strength finder test. And, um, in my top five, so it's not one or two, but I have significance and it's because I want to make a difference in the world. Um, and I want to have a massive impact and I want to leave a legacy. So I hear you on like, I, would love to have my face on billboards so that my message and all of the things that I'm doing can be in the world. But it's, uh, it's so humbling sometimes to know that we, we don't always, always need to be on a massive, um, I guess, societal pedestal to be making a difference in the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, to be honest, like language differs in so many different personal growth and development platforms that you'll look at. And so what I would say is that significance for me is not really contribution, which like when they're describing it in strength finders, I would typically look at that as like legacy building or contribution, where significance is just feeling, you know, important in the eyes of other people, which, you know, if you look at somebody that was impactful as Mother Teresa, she couldn't, she could care less. Like it was not... It was not her motivation. And, you know, it's one of those things that you see people that the minute that they serve, they post it on social media. And it's kind of like, try doing it and not telling anybody. Like, let's really just try to be amazing and awesome and not tell anybody about it and really just sit with the discomfort a lot of times of what it's like, you know, because we want to share or whatnot. And, And sometimes it's just, you know, it can be healthy. There were so many areas in my life that it was healthy. And then there were in other ways that it wasn't healthy. And in my situation, my number one audience, my mom, um, you know, early on at the beginning of this journey for me, got diagnosed with dementia. And she could care less about what I was doing anymore. And so all of a sudden it was like, okay, the person who I wanted, you know, to see me as being important no longer cares. Like if I sit on the couch and hold her hand, she is just off the charts happy, you know? And so I had to start rebuilding my life and writing a new story so that I could find that deeper meaning in my purpose and in how I was going to impact other people. That's got to also teach you like the most important lesson of being present, because if um, there's short-term memory loss um, and long-term memory loss, all they're in is today in this exact moment. Um, And they're not worried about the future because they're just trying to figure out who's sitting in front of them. Yeah. It was the best lesson. You know, I kind of described my mom as being a human sacrifice to my awakening. And I never even knew what being present was before my mom got sick. Anything that I did was in the achievement world. So although I was into personal growth, it was to achieve more, not to become, you know, more peaceful or present or any of these other things. So when I started in the consciousness movement, 
you know, probably in 04, 05, it was like, what does this mean? Like, what does it really mean to be without thought and to really be an active listener? And I didn't realize how much it was going to help me in business, you know? And I think as alpha females where we have to step into our masculine a lot more than we should be, it allowed me to really just open up that more feminine side of who I am and really just show people, you know, that attention that they really were craving. And it helped me build deeper relationships in business. Okay, so we've read out your bio and all of the things that you're doing in this world. And now you've alluded to, you know, a moment um, in your life that has kind of changed the way that you um, are showing up in the world. And I'm assuming taking care of yourself as well. So can you share with us how you, you know, structure your day so that you have work-life harmony? Absolutely. So, you know, it really starts with just a a really good self-care recipe. And so what I would say is that my first, you know, the first initiative is right when I wake up, I have a morning ritual that I do every single morning. And personally, I'm very faith-based. So it involves reading the Bible, a devotional. I also review all my goals, all my I am statements, and then I journal every single morning before my kids wake up before I check email to, you know, as Brendan Bruchard would say, start focusing on other people's priorities and goals. Um, and so I really just make sure, and one of, one of my major affirmations that I, I say on a daily basis is that I am armed and nobody's going to steal my joy. And so I really just try to put myself in the state and in the mindset that I'm going to be able to face and approach, you know, my, my day. And so that's definitely, I would say probably my number one thing that I would recommend for anybody that's worked really well for me. And when I journal, you know, it's, I leave my anxiety in the book. That's really where I'm not going to bring it on because I, I I really know that life's outside of my control. So I'm just going to journal it out, let it go. Trust that, you know, basically God, the universe, whatnot's going to orchestrate into helping me. And I'm going to have opportunity that I didn't expect that day. And then, you know, just as I, as I go through my day, you know, I've got a couple of strategies that I talk about in the book. And I think for alpha women, it's a lot different than somebody that's probably, you know, a little bit more mellow, but we need strategies. And so I use what's called my trigger management strategy when anything, you know, when I feel that emotional trigger, I stay extremely present so that I respond and I don't react. And then I have this ability to kind of sort and qualify thoughts that come at me. You know, the major belief as you go into the consciousness world is you are not your thoughts and you're not your emotions. And I really don't let my feelings guide my decisions in my life. And so I use my thought management strategy really to just separate my big voice thoughts. That's my highest, most authentic self from that little voice, which I refer to as, you know, your, your ego, the enemy, you know, darkness, whatever you want to call it. Cause half of us, if we really looked at our thoughts every day, I, I don't even know where they come from. You know, so many of them just don't make any sense. Like, why would I ever question how amazing I am? Like, why would I ever say anything other than the fact that I'm, you know, a masterpiece? Like, why would I be worried about that? That's totally everything's going to align for me. And so I really just use my strategies to be able to get through my day and then making sure that, you know, my priorities are in line. I go through my priorities. I, I look at them every day in this morning ritual to ensure that my time and energy is really spent where it needs to be. Because I, you know, I have two teenagers and 
if I left all my energy at work, I wouldn't be armed when I got home to deal with a lot of the moodiness that I get to walk into on a daily basis. Um, it's just a part of acceptance that I have to, you know, to see. And so I'm really clear on my priorities. So my emotional and physical well-being comes before my children or my job or my passion projects. And so I've got to schedule exercise, you know, five, six days a week because I feel so much better. I feel so much better when I eat healthy. And so goals like, you know, preparing or bringing 16 meals a week so that I don't eat out very often, just simple things like that help help me with my self-care list. And then I also have just a list of things that are really like my love bucket fillers, kind of the things that I love to do for myself, like watch romantic comedies or read a romantic novel or, um, you know, just taking a walk by myself or listening to a podcast or taking a bath. Like I've got this list of things that I really just, they fill my self-love bucket. And, and I know when I hit my capacity, like where it's, whoa, I need to fill up. Like I'm, I'm really good at setting boundaries. Um, I say no, I've got a friend that, you know, really just, um, I can't even remember how he describes it, but it's just really just getting to this place where it's better to have a hard no than a dirty yes, which he describes a dirty yes as being like the, oh, I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And as women, we do that all the time. So I always remember that I need to pause. So instead of answering questions right away now, I'll just say, oh my gosh, Robin, that's a great idea. I don't know if I have capacity or the time this week to be able to make that happen. So let me get back to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've dove quite in depth in the podcast over the three years talking about the dirty ass versus the clean no. Yes, that's what it is. And I could not remember what it was, but I loved it. So the first guest that introduced that to the listeners was Rachel Adams. And she she brought it she brought it to our attention and um, we've discussed it kind of ad nauseum. So it's um it's definitely such a great tool for alpha females because what we also found is um, through a lot of my guests is that most of us are people pleasers, that we really want the world to love us, even if we are strong and confident women. And so the the dirty no happens because we don't want to appear as like cold or insensitive um, by having really strong boundaries. So such a key tool. But I want to kind of go back. Um, you're talking a mile a minute and I want to get into the, the whole ego versus inner voice um, work that you've developed because I think it's so key and I've just started getting introduced to it through Jess Lively from her podcast and then her C-School which I dove into uh, when she just launched it at the end of August and she does a really good job of teaching people how to be quiet and be still and actually listen to their inner voice and in the Christian world um, a lot of us refer to it as like the Holy Spirit as well Um, Uh, just within us, but it's that voice that may be inside like your heart or your gut, depending on where you, you feel things. Uh, but it's never mad. It's never angry. And it's so calm. And it's always telling pretty much everybody. She does these coaching calls. And as she walks people through this inner voice work, like they're always like all is well, it's going to be okay. Stop worrying. (laughs) 
it's, yeah. it's just so, con- it's so yeah. consistent where our ego, or she calls it just like the mind, the mind is so frantic because it's like, I need to keep you alive. I need to keep you safe. I need to make you lots of money so that you don't stress about finances. Like it's constant. It's just like frantic. Um, so it's been interesting to dive into that work. How were you kind of introduced to the two concepts and bringing it more, um, into your life? Was it through books? Was it through different teachers? Yeah, it was a combination of both. So when I headed down this journey, you know, the first book that I picked up was Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And, um, you know, when I kind of looked at it, I really, you know, so, so much of the teaching resonated with me, but I also knew that I wasn't going to get to sit on a park bench for a year and figure this stuff out. Like I am an alpha driven female. I love Eckhart Tolle, but the two of us couldn't sit in the same room for very long. Like I would be running circles, doing cartwheels, and he would be meditating. Like we're just different human beings. And so what I realized was, you know, most of the people that were in this mindfulness space, that were in this consciousness space, so many amazing teachers that I've learned from, we didn't have the same personalities. And I tried my hardest to become one of them. I tried to abandon my achievement focused self that really, you know, was just that way. And I tried to go into that world where I, where I really did abandon so many of these things that had driven me my whole life. And I realized years into it, like, this is just really not who I am. And I need to find a different way because, you know, I don't get to go do an eat, pray, love journey where I travel around the world. I've got two kids at home. Like I, if I could do all these things without money and without care, it'd be a lot different, but it's just not the world that I live in. And so I just started to create my own strategy around it. And so I really just looked at all these thoughts that I was having that were, you know, really coming from this deep place of contribution and love and peace. And, and I knew those were my big voice. I knew that was the voice that God gave me to be able to make an impact in this world. And like you said, like that everything's going to be fine. You've always been successful. You've always found a way. Like you are powerful. You can create whatever possibility for your life that you could ever imagine. Just document it. Figure out what help you need. You know, I'm here. And so I started to document all the things that my big voice said. And then I started to just write down all the things that my little voice said. And a lot of my little voice actually came in the form of just anxiousness. I would say, you know, it was that fear that just kind of showed up and it would just, it would just say, it would create more feelings than I would say words in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that I don't have a lot of the challenges with self-love. Like I can look in the mirror and be like, I am pretty amazing. And I'm grateful for that. And that's part of why I want to help other women, because I believe we should all feel that way. But when we look at the little voice, a lot of these voices are like the voice of our father, the voice of our mother, the voice of the second grade teacher that told us that we weren't smart or we were never going to make it or, you know, the boyfriend that we had when we were 15 that made fun of us or cheated on us and made us feel unworthy. Like a lot of these voices are just life's experiences that have added up to this voice that no longer serves you. So as you really just document those things, you can start to see 
how different they are. And our, you know, this little voice is not very, you know, it, it, it doesn't change a whole heck of a lot. It just takes whatever situation that we're in and it is so lazy that it just creates the same feelings. You know, if I meet somebody now, I have the same feelings that I had when I was in second grade and I liked a boy. You know, it's kind of like, how is that the case? And, and, you know, I, I work with so many adults in the sales world that are still afraid of rejection. And it's, it's the 15 year old that they were when they were rejected that shows up. And so we really have to, it's a combination between healing our inner child um, so that our subconscious doesn't drive us and completely just recognizing that we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions. So, you know, for me, it was, it just, it takes work. Mm, I love that. Um, And I also want to pull back on the fact that you have this like amazing checklist of things that you can do for yourself to fill your cup. Cause we've talked on the show that, uh, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and started doing all of these holistic things for myself, I got really overwhelmed because I was like, I need to do this. I need to have my Epsom salt bath. I need to drink my tart cherry juice. I need to do this. And it became, comes so overwhelming. But when you have that list in the back of your mind or written out or posted on your fridge or whatever tool or tactic works for you. And then you're like, you know what? today I'm going to do this for myself. Like that's really cool to hear, especially from a, another corporate woman who has their plate full and a mom of teenagers. That's impressive. Um, that, but that's super cool to hear. So I want to get into a few of the things that you said, but um, if I were to ask you, how do you nourish yourself? Can you give us a little bit more detail around that? Yeah. Nourish for, nourishment for me is just putting myself first. Like I have to give myself permission, like no matter what, like no matter what, like you need to make sure that you get sleep. So that means you need to reduce anxiety and fear that shows up in your life. Um, So I've got to be really intentional about that. And then, you know, it's so simple. It's reading, taking a bath and walking. Those are my three things that really just nourish my soul. And, and I try to do them, you know, five or six times a week just, and, and I know that I'm nourishing my soul at that moment. I know that I am, you know, putting myself first and, and for whatever reason, like, so many women don't believe that we have permission to do that, that we're required to empty our ourselves and, and be in this place of burnout. And we wear these badges around like it's cool to be busy. And I don't think it's cool to be busy. Like busy is not amazing, like impactful is amazing. I think I, I stopped surrounding myself with people that glorified busy a long time ago. And I'm sure it still exists. It's the same with like hustlers and like embracing the word hustle. Like I just don't, I just don't associate, I know it's out there, but like my world is so focused on, um, you know, learning about feminine energy and de-stressing and all that stuff. So I'm sure it's still out there, but, um, I don't think any of our listeners are in that world anymore. They're like, yeah, I got you. Like I've got my eight hours of sleep. Um, and I, I love that you're a reader and, um, a walker as well that you, you, I think you would be shocked by the amount of guests that I have that come on. And they're just like, what I ask them, what their weekly fitness routine is like, they're like, I go for a walk. <laughs> oh, and mine is like when my tea is in the microwave, 
I do my push-ups. When my dog's going outside to go to the bathroom, I do my squats. When I'm blow drying my hair, I do my squats. And people will just say like, oh my gosh, how do you stay so healthy? And I'm like, I just do stuff all day. Multitasking fitness. (laughs) Yeah. It's just all these constant little things, but it's the compound effect of doing all those things that adds up into, you know, my physical well-being. And I don't have an emotional tie to food anymore. And, and that really, you know, I think that we can get tied to like relaxation or laziness as being nourishment. So many of us just from like the time that we were teenagers, it's like a filing cabinet, right? Like, well, if I can just lay on the couch all day or sleep in or any of these other things, we've got to just change the filing cabinet up a little bit. And then just trying to remove the physical and emotional connection to food makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So true. Um, Okay. So other than your multitasking fitness and walking, do you have any other sort of fitness routines that you love right now? I do yoga regularly. And, you know, I still, I'm not going to lie. I'm still the alpha female in the room. That's kind of looking around at some of the people that are namaste thinking that they're a little weird and woo woo. Um, just because, you know, I go back to my corporate job and I am, you know, I'm very goal oriented and, and I like to, you know, kind of, kind of live a certain way. And so I would say that, you know, yoga is just, it is what I make it. And I just show up with the intention of being present and and sharing love with the other people in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's everybody's practice on their own match, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Okay, so other than reading, you've you've talked about baths, but do you have any other habits for reducing any stress that's built up throughout the day? Yeah, my trigger management strategy is super effective. And basically, I walk people through a four-step process. Um, I walk myself through it regularly. Right now, just be- between work and and home, and and really, what it's about is just identifying that you're emotionally triggered. So I choose not to bring stress with me anywhere else. So like my choice is when I'm having it in the moment, I manage it right then. So I'm, I try to be really transparent when I am triggered. And so step one is just acknowledging that I'm triggered and, and documenting the feelings that I'm having at that moment. I hear a lot of women describe their state as overwhelmed, which I think when we tell ourselves that we're overwhelmed, we will shut down. Like we will shut down. Like anytime I hear a woman say that, they've got physical and emotional fatigue coming at them shortly. So I encourage people to really get to the root. Like what does overwhelmed mean? Is it afraid that financially you aren't going to make it? Is it, you know, that you're afraid that you're never going to meet somebody that you want to spend your life with? Are you afraid that you're going to lose your job? Like what does it really mean? And so step one is just acknowledging it, knowing that you want to respond and not react to what that trigger is. And then step two is just documenting what preference it's not in alignment with. Most of our stress comes because our preferences in life aren't met. And I think the long list of preferences that we all have created throughout our lifetime doesn't really serve us very well. And so I would encourage you to like write out all of these preferences that can cause stress and emotional triggers for you so that you can minimize them. So then you're going to basically just say, you know, my preference for there's no traffic or that my employees are always accountable to the goals that I've given them or, or whatever that looks like. And then step three is acknowledging what your hallucination is 
And I always say, take the hallucination as far as humanly possible and make it as funny as humanly possible. So it's like, if my preference is not met, like my hallucination is, you know, basically I'm going to lose my job because I was stuck in traffic and I was late and now I have anxiety. And, you know, that's like the worst case scenario for what this traffic is going to cause. And then step four is just making a decision. Like, is this something that I can grow through? And I can learn to be more patient, accepting, you know, understanding. I can actually focus on like growing in this area of my life. Or is it something that I need to avoid? Maybe I'm never going to get on the freeway again. Or I'm going to take Uber so that I'm more productive in the back seat rather than feeling like I'm wasting time in the front seat. Like we have so much more power to change the way that we feel. And, and we can actually minimize that. And, you know, you brought up a great point earlier, Robin, when you talked about just all the things that you wanted to do, one of the one of the areas that I encourage people to do is is create an annual growth plan. Because as alpha women, a lot of times we want to focus on everything at one time. Like we want to do it all. And when we go deeper in one area where our goal is mastery rather than dabbling with being present or being detached or, you know, kicking up self-care, like really figure out what you think is most important to you this next year and get to a level of mastery in that area and then introduce something that's new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I teach in my gold digger workbook, um, how to do an annual kind of like checklist of what's going on in your life. And I got it from Shailene Johnson in her push method. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she talks about kind of doing an, an annual audit of all the categories in your life, whether it's career, finance, spiritual, financial, leisure, relationships, and you kind of you, you grade yourself from one to 10. Um, and I've evolved it. I don't know who who started this, but like, you're, you're not allowed to use sevens, because if you're picking a seven, you're really not happy with it with it. So if it's above an eight, then you know, you're doing pretty well in that category. If it's below seven, then it's probably something you want to focus on. And then you pick your, you know, maybe like top two or top three uh, categories that you've ranked the lowest, because they're, yeah. they're obviously a pain point in your life. And then you create goals around that. And then you schedule those out, whether it's, you know, you're going to work on romantic relationships in January or um, your friendships in February. And you set kind of those goals. And those are like the first things that you do so that you're working on the things that are, you know, not, not bringing you joy right now. And then you kind of, uh, it's a longer process, but I love the annual audit or quarterly audit or even doing it on a monthly basis. Everyone can choose their their timeline for it because it really just helps us kind of refocus on what our priorities are. And that's so key in the alpha female definition is an alpha female picks her priorities and sticks to it. So once you've picked your priorities for that month or that week or that day, um, then you're able to say the clean no, because if it's not in line with one of those three priorities, then you're like, I can't, I can't put time towards it. Um, so I, I love that. Well, and Robin, I think the kind of the difference with this is that we're picking one feeling that is triggering us negatively. So I am all for like the goal prioritization and whatnot, big believer in all those things. But this is actually like focusing on minimizing disappointment. So what does that look like for the next year? If I could just like, if I could just be less disappointed 
because I have no expectations of people and I'm more detached to what outcomes would be, how would that actually impact you achieving your goals in all these other areas of your life? Because that emotional trigger now isn't going to stop you from being as productive or efficient as you could be in every other area. Because our feelings really as women, especially a lot of times, you know, if you've got your priorities straight and you are really clear in your goals and whatnot, but then, you know, you've got a friendship that just totally disappointed you. Like we can ruminate on that for like two weeks. Yeah, women are really good at doing that. (laughs) We are. And so it's like, if we just picked one thing, even like just being present in conversations where all year you're just going to focus on being more present in every conversation, it would make a big, it would make a big difference. And then the next thing I would say, just in, in, in line with what you're saying, when you're rating yourself in these areas, I just went through this with somebody yesterday, um, in a mastermind is our language affects a lot of the scores that we give. And some of us just are never going to get to a 10 simply because of the language that we're using. So I would tell you that as you go through like all these areas of your life, really go explore new adjectives that you can introduce into your language to describe how you feel so that you actually get to a different place. Because if you're always like, hey, how are you, Robin? And you're like, I'm great. Well, if you've said great for the last, you know, 25 years, it's you're you know, it's over time, the feelings just are, they're not going to be great. So if you were like, oh my gosh, I'm fantastic. And oh, my, I just had the most delicious conversation with a friend earlier and it absolutely just blew my mind. You know, like when we start speaking with different adjectives, it'll change the way that we feel too. So that's a really good hack that I'd recommend. Yeah. Several years ago when people started asking me, um, like, how was your day? My standard answer was spectacular. Cause they were like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it, you would just see that like their state of mind shift. And they're like, I want some of her spectacular. Like, how does she get a spectacular day? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love that suggestion. Work, yeah. The way that your brain works, if you say spectacular every day for the next five years, you'll stop getting the feelings that are associated with mm-hmm. that. I've stopped now and I've switched it. So yeah. yeah, so I totally get it. And that's such a cool tip for the listeners. That's amazing. Um, okay. So I want to make sure we get to a little bit more of our questions, but, um, what would you say to your 20 year old emerging alpha female self? What's just one piece of advice that in hindsight you wish she had known? Just let go, like let go of what everyone else thinks and really get to the root of what makes you happy it is so much easier to maintain energy when you love what you're doing. Mm, I love that. Um, and will you share with us anything that you're maybe problem solving for, um, like a pain point, whether it's, you know, how people view you, um, relationships with coworkers, um, managing teenage boys in the household. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another show in itself right there. But um, I would say, One of the things in mindsets that I've really tried to coach people on is staying in abundance. And, you know, I'm an executive in the mortgage industry. We've been in a rising rate environment now for about six weeks straight. 
And we've we've just seen some shifts. And, and for myself, it is maintaining my own abundant mindset, even though volumes have gone down. And it's just really one of those where it's just choosing to be successful in spite of whatever the market's doing, which means we have to create new opportunity. So we are in the process again of just writing a new story for the way that the business is going to move forward. And so I wish that there was a destination for growth and, and just, you know, success and whatnot, but it's just every day, every day, be willing to write a new story and just challenge, um, you know, the norm and, and be in that place where you're so committed to your mindset that it, it is honestly in spite of whatever external circumstances are going on. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, law of attractioning good things instead of <laughs> focusing on the worry, uh, which is yeah. always easier said than done. But I, I get it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That little voice, you know, I always say my monkeys still show up and they try to do their thing. I just, you know, I thank them. And unfortunately, they leave a lot faster now than they used to. Mm, that's good. Um, Cool. Well, it's been an absolute joy having you on the show. Will you leave our listeners with my favorite question and answer? But what is your definition of happiness? That you can feel absolutely filled with joy in spite of anything that you are, you know, suffering from externally and that you believe wholeheartedly that you can create whatever possibility that you could envision for your own life. I love that. Thank you so much for what you're doing in the world, how you showed up on this show. It was uh, an honor to have you. Oh, it's been awesome being here with you, Robin. And I do have a awesome gift for your listeners too. So we did create a webpage just for them at bigvoicesrise.com forward slash alpha. And we've got just our essential toolkit that you can download with some tools there, a stress video, um, and a free download from my book, Big Voices. You can also buy the book right there as well, which is just, you know, awakening. And it's definitely got all of the alpha females in mind um, when it comes to strategies for being mindful and conscious and overcoming self-sabotage. Perfect. We'll make sure to add it to the show notes. Thank you again so much. Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. It's the most popular mushroom product on the market, and I've actually been drinking their Shaga tea even before they sponsored the Tim Ferriss podcast. So I figured it was about time I got you guys a beautiful discount so you can snag your own mushroom coffee, tea, or hot cacao mix. I'm obsessed with the Shaga mushroom tea. I drink it in the afternoon for a really high dose of antioxidants. And then the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is my favorite for an evening treat if I have a sweet tooth craving. So use the promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off and you can shop on their website at foursigmatic.com. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. 
and I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbeldrin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.